There and back again. A Hobbit's Tale by Bilbo Baggins. This is wonderful. This is Ministry Bits, episode 29, for January 12th, 2015, iOS to Android, there and back again. Ministry Bits is proud to be a part of the AIM network of podcasts, and you can find more information about that and podcasts and youth group game ideas and devotionals and classes, all free materials there at adventuresinministry.com. Be sure to check us out and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ministrybits. And follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash ministrybits. Don't forget to check out the show notes as well at chadl.co slash mbits slash 029. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. I am Chad Lamon, your host here for the 29th episode of the Ministry Bits podcast, a podcast all about technology and helping ministers in all facets of that technology to empower them to to do great things in the kingdom of God. We don't really have a mission statement, I guess. I guess that's as close to a mission statement as we could get, uh, per se, but... Um, it's good to have you here. It's good to be with you. Our second show of 2015, and I have been promising this show for probably a month or two and a half, uh, and it's about my move from iOS to Android and back. And I always think about that uh, little quip from Lord of the Rings, uh, There and Back Again by Bilbo Baggins. That's kind of how I feel, because I've been there and I've been back. And it feels good to be back, let me just tell you. Um Kind of feel guilty a little bit for being back. Uh, it's kind of a first world problem. Let, let me just go ahead and say, it, it's a very first world problem to have uh, to be choosing between these two. But iOS and Android have gotten incredibly competitive and incredibly uh, on par with one another. Uh, where iOS has failed, it seems like Android has picked up the slack, and where iOS is excelling it seems like that uh, android is is and maybe not i don't know it just seems like you you get trade-offs with each single one and i'm sure and i'm sure that um if you're an android user or if you're an ios user you could argue with me on that and i just happened to post one photo not a lot of people knew that i moved to android necessarily at least i don't think a lot of people knew uh, but everybody knows me as the Apple guy, the Apple guy. And, and I've always tried to make it a point to say I'm not an Apple guy. I'm just a fan of whatever is the best. And right now, in my opinion, Apple is the best. Uh, in my opinion, I would never use anything right now other than a Mac laptop because Macs are the best. And it is not an Apple bias. I could care less who makes the machine. Uh, it's just if they're going to offer the best, I'm I'm going to use the best. So 
why did I move in the first place? Uh, why did I move from iOS to Android? The story goes is I, I have, I've been an iPhone user for, well, since 2007, since, well, actually 2000, yes, 2007, mid 2007, I got an iPhone and, and loved it. I got it before it even had an app store. I got it before it even had, uh, it was called, it wasn't called iOS. It was called iPhone OS. They didn't even know what to call it uh, back then. So they, they even changed it to iOS later when it, when it became 3.0, two or three years later. Uh, and so I've been an iOS user for a very, very long time, which means I have been tied to uh, apps and services that iTunes, the iTunes App Store has brought and uh, services that Apple has, has really brought in. Now, I'm also tied into Google a lot. I, I use Google services a lot, but Google has a great representation on the Apple App Store. So why would I move? If I'm such an all, you know, about the best hardware and about the best software and about the best everything guy, why would I move? Well, I was just kind of bored with iOS. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily see the cool things that were that were available in uh, iOS 8. And some of those things have just popped out of nowhere and, and really been great, great things for my, my, my workflows and getting work done on the iPhone, iPhone and iPad. And I just didn't see all that, and I was just kind of bored. I thought, oh, man, iOS it really hasn't changed at all in like six years. So I wanted to move. I wanted something different. I wanted, that, and that's what it really boils down to, is I wanted something different. I was kind of being selfish a little bit. I kind of wanted to change things up and to uh, get a little unstagnant, what I felt was, was being stagnant. And, I, and I, wanted to, I wanted more customization. I wanted the widgets. I wanted to... Uh, put third-party apps on my phone. I wanted to play Nintendo games on my phone. I'll be honest, that was a selling point. I wanted to play Nintendo games on my phone. Uh, you can do that on Android. That's why I have an Android tablet. But I wanted, there was just lots more hardware to choose from. Uh, there's the Droid Turbo and the Galaxy uh, Note 4 and the Nexus 6 and the Nexus 4 and the all these crazy good phones. Nexus 5, all these crazy good phones. And... I was sitting there saying, why am I sticking with an iPhone? Let's do something different. I actually, the, to stem from this, I wanted a large screen phone, whether that was iOS or Android, I wanted a large screen phone that I could teach and preach from. And I wanted to replace my tablet with a phone or a phablet. I wanted to have it a, a big enough phone that I could use it as a reading device, a teaching device, a preaching device. So that way I wouldn't have to lug around my phone in, a, in one pocket, my tablet and my Bible in the other, because that seemed like a lot of stuff for me to, to drag around. So that's, that was my ultimate goal was to do that. So after a lot of research, uh, I chose the Samsung Galaxy Note 4. Now, kind of a disclaimer here, uh, I, I chose the Samsung Note 4 because I, I'm locked on Verizon. I had to, I had to Verizon is, is what, what the church pays for. It's what the business account is on here at the church that I work for, and uh, then I had to basically pick a phone at Verizon. Uh, so I really debated on whether or not to get a Mo the new Moto X. The new Moto X was a 4.7-inch phone, and I'll talk about 4.7-inch phones here later. But in, in hindsight, I would have went with a 4.7-inch phone at, at the very end. That being said, I, at this point, I was trying to get probably the biggest phone possible. Uh, I have decent size hands. I have, you know, I wear baggy jeans, a little, not baggy baggy, but you know, 
baggy-ish jeans, you know, and, and loose-fitting pants, and I could put my phone in my pocket and not really have to worry about it being too big or too bulgy or anything like that. So I didn't think that it was going to be that big of a deal. So when I got into researching, the Samsung Galaxy S4 it had great reviews. Uh, people liked it as a device. It was it had only been out for two to three weeks. Um, it had really, uh, it apparently it had tested for really good battery life, had a huge battery, so it had a really good battery life. The form factor, as I said, was great. It's 5.7 inches diagonal, and it had a beautiful, beautiful construction and materials. Uh, it had a chamfered edge on both sides of it, a metal a metal around it. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. I loved the feeling of it in my, in my hand. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, if I could get iOS on a Samsung Galaxy Note 4, I'd do it in a heartbeat because I really liked the form factor and how that phone felt in my hand. Uh, it was a lot like a Moto X I had for about three days. Uh, it was really, really nice. Uh, so the form factor, all that stuff, great materials and construction was really great. It had an interchangeable battery. That was a big plus. Couldn't get that on iPhones. Just pop off the back little plastic thing, pop in a new battery, put the snap the black plastic thing back on, power up the phone, and you've got a new battery. If you get an extra battery laying around, you've got a whole nother charge. So it was great. Uh, I love. And speaking about the construction, I loved the screen size and the resolution. It was so nice. It was a 2560 by 1440 screen, uh, one of the highest resolution screens on a phone uh, today. And it was it was. And, and judging with the 6 Plus, because the 6 Plus was, was already out, I could have ordered and, and gotten one and waited. I knew about the 6 Plus. I knew that the 5.5-inch 6 Plus was out, and, and it had a 1920 by 1080 screen. And I thought, man, and you just look at the screen of the Note 4, and you're just like, oh, my goodness, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, you watch a video, or an HD video on it from YouTube, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, some of the animations and some of the cool stuff about it, absolutely incredible. Uh, so I was really, really impressed. That was probably the biggest selling point was the screen size and the construction of the actual device. Um, it also shot 4K video, believe it or not. It actually shot 4K video, and you could actually shoot variations of that uh, in between. You could actually shoot like mid somewhere between HD and 4K, which didn't take up too much space. And then you could shoot full HD and then you could, you, you could shoot like 720p HD. Uh, it was pretty incredible. So as a video guy, a video fanatic, I was coming from this thing saying, oh my gosh, I got kids. I could shoot 4K video and make it very future-proof video because when you look at old videos now that were standard def, how do they look on HD TVs? They look terrible. And um, how is standard def stuff going to look on 4K TVs? Well, it's going to look even worse. Well, I figured if I could get a 4K video thing going or get it on a device that I had, I could be like, oh, man, I could future-proof. I could have really good-looking videos of my kids when they're young, and they would still be good-looking 20 years from now. But suffice it to say that you'd record 10 seconds of video literally 10 seconds of video and it would be like 300 megabytes 4k video is incredibly huge requires a lot of processing power so and and one big huge another big huge thing that I, the reason why i chose to the galaxy note 4 the samsung galaxy note 4 by the way did i even say that 
I chose the Samsung Galaxy Note 4 is because it had uh, a interchangeable or expandable memory. It had built built in 32 gigabytes, which was pretty good to start off with. Uh, most phones are only 16. This was 32. And it had a um, micro SD card slot. Well, I bought me a 64 gigabyte micro SD card slot and it was wonderful. I had all this space. I had 32 on board, 64 on the card, and I could put whatever I wanted to on it. So even shooting a lot of 4K video, I probably wouldn't run out of space. One more selling point was obviously the Android operating system and the and the different things like that. But Sony and Sony, um, Samsung had actually built in uh, a lot of extras onto their TouchWiz software, uh, the software that's kind of skinned over Android, which would actually be its detriment later. I didn't know that, but it would be its it would be bad later. But they had things like this S Pen. They actually had a stylus that actually worked, and it was actually really good. And you could draw, and you could do incredibly intricate things on a very high-resolution screen. It was really nice. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was really nice. If Apple, if Apple brought some of those features from the Note 4 to the iPhone, it would literally be the killer device. It would be incredible. So they had this S Pen stylus thing, and it was really uh, nice to take notes on. You could tie it to, together with Evernote and you could use all sorts of other apps and different services with it. It was really great. So a weekend, they gave you, they give you two weeks at Verizon and a weekend I was, I was loving the Note 4. I, I loved it. I was sitting there thinking, man, this is great. And then I started kind of testing it. I just used it for normal use. And then I started kind of testing it, started taking pictures. Uh, I started, uh, making sure and, and putting it to the test and not quitting out apps, keeping a bunch of apps running at the same time and different things like that. Um, it started to really lag on me, the device did. And, and I'm not doing, you know, crazy stuff on it. I'm not, I wasn't even pr- playing these really hardcore graphics games at all either. And it was bogging down on me. If you look at the spec sheet for the iPhone 6, and 6 Plus versus the Note 4. The Note 4 will win on every single specification. It will win on screen size. It will win on screen resolution. It will win on screen refresher rate. It will even win on the color gamut and the colors looking better on a, on a Samsung screen. They do. They look better on a Samsung screen. It will win, uh, this is the most important one, on processor speed and RAM. It had three gigabytes of RAM in that phone. Three gigabytes of RAM in a phone. Meanwhile, the iPhone, the new iPhone, the brand new iPhone had one gigabyte of RAM. So the the Note 4 should have beat out and blown the iPhone out of the water every single time for performance and graphics issues. It never should have lagged. It never should have stuttered. It, It should have been silky smooth as butter all the time, scrolling and panning and doing and pinching and zooming and all these other different things. And yet I found that it started when I had two to three apps still quote unquote running in the background, it started stuttering on me and it started kind of quitting out on me. It started crashing these apps and different things like that. I can't do that. And it was a very hard thing for me because I, lo- I really did love that phone. And I may have not was very fond of Samsung's design choices for TouchWiz and their skinning of the Android operating system, but there was the, the problem was easily solved with that when I 
was able to install a custom, what they call a custom launcher. If you don't, if you're not familiar with Google devices, you can install a whole new home screen experience. It's wonderful. So I thought, well, maybe that's slowing it down. Maybe, maybe that's the thing that I need to change and, and put it back to this, the, the native Samsung stuff and it'll be fine. Nope, it, it still wasn't. And it still kept lagging on me. A huge deal was the camera. The camera was like a 16 megapixel. It was supposed to be, it's twice as big as the, the iPhone 6 Plus camera. Uh, but yet the software behind it is absolutely terrible. Um, because I'll tell you this, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, uh, you know how kids are when they run around and when they're quick and even when they're sitting there looking at books and when they're, you know, my son likes to look at books a lot. So I was just doing a lot of testing in him, just, just sitting there reading books and it could not get a non blurry picture of him. Plenty of light, plenty of things like that. This, this incredibly powerful phone with a 16 megapixel camera could not get a non blurry picture of my son sitting there reading a book. I, I can't have that. Um, I take my wife's iPhone 5s and make the same picture in the same spot with him doing the same thing. And it takes a crystal clear picture and it's a year and a half old phone. So I, I'm sitting here wondering, should I take this phone back? Should I, should I do that? Luckily Verizon gives you 14 days to try out this phone. And I, I, I said, forget it. I'm, I'm going back. I'm going to, even if I have to wait on an iPhone to be ordered, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to get a new iPhone. So I went back and I'll tell you why I went back. There was a lot of reasons. The The lagging and the camera were the biggest issues. Uh, you, you can, you can get an iPhone to lag. Yes, I know. I know iPhones are not, are not, you know, impervious to, to lagging on anything, especially when you've got a lot of apps running when you've got a, a couple of games running, when you're playing a graphics intensive game, even on a brand new iPhone, it's still going to have some problems. Um, but I'm telling you what, this was severe lagging. This was stuttering. This was being unresponsive in several spots where I just had to power the phone off and then power it back on. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the skinning, the touch whiz over the stock Android. Uh, but apparently stock Android phones have a lot better uh, experience with this. Battery life started suffering for me very, very quickly. Uh, it would go down, you know, 10%, me just watching a 15-minute video. And I was like, well, wait a minute, this thing has a huge battery. Why is it going down, you know, that much? And so apparently battery life was was getting getting worse very, very quickly. And I had had this phone barely two weeks. Um, I didn't like some of the TouchWiz things. And like, like I said, it started lagging uh, and it took blurry pictures. And, um, I did not use some of the note Four specific features that I thought I would have like the S pen. It was just too cumbersome to take the thing out, to log on, to get a new note started, to make sure that that note was okay. And then I can finally start writing, but yet on iOS, all I've got to do is open up drafts, start typing. That's it. And that leads me to another discussion. There are several apps that I came to depend on that I really didn't know how much I missed them until I went back to the iPhone. Uh, those apps are like drafts. Drafts is just a huge quick note-taking thing that lets you send text anywhere. As a minister, I'm going to need to jot down and do all sorts of different things with text and send it everywhere. And uh, drafts has become essential to me. A new app that came out um, 
a few weeks after I got my, went back to the iPhone, it's called Workflow. And in something like this is super cool. It lets you download videos. It lets you download files, send text places, uh, do all sorts of crazy different things. It's an app called Workflow, and it's really, really great. Um, and then other apps like Transmit. Transmit is a great FTP um, thing. I used to put stuff on Amazon S3 all the time or on my web server or anything like that. Anything I need access to, Transmit is a great way to do it. And it lets you go to iCloud Drive as well. And um, you got TweetBot. TweetBot is an excellent Twitter client that was not available on Android. Calendars 5, an excellent Google Calendar app, not available on Android. Uh, and then the biggest one probably was OmniFocus. I use OmniFocus for my daily tasks and uh, project management, and it was not available on Android as well. I think they're working on it, but I don't think it's out there yet. So, and another, you know, another huge thing going back to iOS, why I went back was that Google services, like even the brand new services like Inbox are available on iOS. So... <laughs> Why, if I really love the Google services and the Google experience, I can get it on iOS. Uh, they have native Gmail, native inbox, native, all sorts of native apps for, for iOS. So it was, it was a big kind of ordeal for me. Um, it was kind of embarrassing because I liked it so much when I went and I bragged about it and everybody was like, whoa, you're the Apple dude and you went to Android? And I'm like, yep. And I love it. And I did until that second week when I started putting it to a test and it started lagging on me, started taking bad pictures. Actually, it never did take really great pictures at all. And I, and the, the crazy thing, let me go back to the camera for a second. The crazy thing about the, the Note 4 is that the, ca the camera is so customizable. You can, you can use another camera app as a default camera app if you wanted to. That didn't help, by the way. Uh, and I tried... Every setting, every ISO, every speed or shutter speed, all these other different things. I tried changing everything and it just did not work for me. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I just couldn't do it. Uh, but it did not want to work for me. It did not want to take a non-blurry picture. Uh, so that was why I went back. Uh, the biggest reason why I went back is because I just love iOS. Uh, iOS is simple. It's fluid. I can find what I want to on it. I can do type really, really fast on it. Now that iOS has custom keyboards, you can even get custom keyboards for it and stuff. Uh, it has voice typing on iOS. I, I just really, really uh, prefer iOS. That's basically what brought me back. Uh, some other observations as I kind of close out the show. And I, and I hope I've helped you. If you're if you're deciding on whether or not to get an Android or um, or a new iPhone, I really hope that I've helped you. Uh, but some other observations that I'd like to share with you, uh, I would have gone with the 6 over the 6 Plus. Um, my sister-in-law got a 6, and I, every time I've held a 6, it is, it is quite literally the perfect size for my hand. Now, is it perfect to teach and preach off of? Probably not, because it's not going to be that big uh, to preach and teach off of. Um, but the 6 is a 4.7 inch, where the 6 Plus is 5.5. When I hold the 5.5, I love the size, I really do. But having kids uh, and, and going on car trips, using those famous two situations with one hand, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to read. They got this thing called reachability. You just touch the home screen button uh, twice. You barely touch it twice, and it brings the icons down for you. That's great, but 
still not a great, still hard to reach my thumb, even though I have pretty, pretty big hands, still hard to reach my thumb all the way across the screen, not necessarily to the top, but all the way across the screen. Say if I, my thumbs on the right and I want to reach something on the far left, it's really hard to do that. So the six plus is definitely a two handed phone. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen the, the comparisons and the, and the size comparisons, and everything. If you've done any research about that, I, I would greatly look at that if you want to do that. But as much as I was going to try to replace my tablet with this, I think that the size alone is just a little too big for me to, too, too big to fit in my pocket, too big to, uh, um, get things done with one hand. And it's, it's amazing how much I thought that I wanted a big phone until I actually had one. And, um, I will be going back to the six, the regular six, uh, when, and if I can, and when that's possible, I'm going to stick with iOS obviously, but I'll be going back to the, the six and I will be getting, um, an iPad, a full size iPad. Uh, I, I miss, I actually miss my iPad. I, I love the six plus to teach and preach from, and I love just having one device. And that was the whole idea anyway. And it was a good experiment, but now that experiment is over and I've realized those are separate devices and those are separate, separate deals. And I need, um, something, something bigger to preach from. Even if that's an Android tablet, I need something to display the text of my lessons and different things on there in my notes so that I don't have to carry paper around and use paper. Plus, tablets are good for lots of other uses anyway. So I will find myself going back to the Mac, a 6, not a 6 Plus, and an iPad, probably an iPad Air 2, uh, because it's a really great device. It's a really uh, nice big screen, and they look really, really great. Um, the camera, you hear a lot of people saying, well, I got the 6 Plus because it has a better camera. It is true that the 6 Plus does have optical image stabilization. And it is really, really great. Uh, the 6 Plus takes phenomenal photos, especially in low light. Um, but if you look up Andy Anotko's tests for the camera, he is a camera expert, both with regular cameras and smartphone cameras. And he works for the Chicago Sun-Times, and he's a tech journalist there. And he did a comparison, comprehensive look and a comparison of the 6 and 6 Plus cameras. And he said, you know, nine times out of 10, you cannot tell the difference. So to an average user, uh, you are not going to be able to tell the difference. If you're snapping pictures of your photos or your kids or your church or anything like that, uh, you're not going to notice the difference between the 6 and the 6 Plus. They take both phenomenal pictures. And that has a lot to do, credit to do with Apple, um, working with great software behind their hardware. Um, and it has it has a lot to do with just uh, Apple being in tune with what they know and how to manipulate the software to make the the camera hardware perform at its absolute maximum level because it's got an 8 megapixel camera and it takes much, much better pictures uh, than the Samsung did at 16, in my opinion. So that's why, uh, that's, that's a, a couple of other observations. So I really hope that I have helped you here uh, today as far as finding some some advantages, you may find, and if you've been an Android, see, that's the thing. If you've been an Android guy since the beginning, you need to continue being an Android guy. You could probably make the move from Android to iOS a lot easier than you can make the move from iOS to Android. And that's not a slight on Android. And don't get me wrong, this is not an Android slamming show. If anything, it's a, it's a Note 4 slamming show, I guess. But to me... 
iOS offers the seamless experience, especially with having a Mac. It offers better camera. It offers better hardware, uh, better software to go with that, uh, just better all around. And I had to basically go through that and experience it myself to make sure that iOS was where I wanted to be. So I do not see myself going back to an Android phone. Um, I would love to get my hands on a new Nexus tablet or something like that. And I'm sure that if you uh, maybe even get a Nexus phone, uh, that you won't have the problems that you have with all the HTCs and Samsungs. And I think Samsungs are probably the worst because they cram all the, the unnecessary stuff on there that you don't need. Uh, but I would definitely think twice before getting a Android phone that's not a Nexus Google-branded product. Uh, so that is my thoughts and opinions. Take them as you may. Um, I hope that I have helped you out if you're making a decision. If you have any emails, comments, questions, concerns, moans, gripes, complaints, whatever, uh, email me, chad.layman at gmail.com. I'll hopefully love to answer some of your questions, maybe even answer some of your questions on the air in a future, uh, future show. So we thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm going to say a prayer, and then we'll be done. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you so much for the positions that you've put us in as leaders, ministers, elders, teachers, preachers in our congregations. Help us to use those, those, these tools and this technology to help further your kingdom. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. And you can find the show notes to this episode at chadl.co slash mbits slash 029. We thank you for joining us for the 29th episode, second episode of 2015. Hope it's been worth the wait. I know that several of you have been um, telling me that you've been waiting for this show and been, I figured I'd just do a podcast about it instead of writing a big long article about it. But uh, don't be surprised if you see the article uh, on chadl.co here in the next few weeks as well. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Make sure to go to iTunes and leave us a uh, rating and um, give us a four or five star rating and tell us how much you like the show. Leave a comment there. And if you don't like the show, make sure you email me instead of leaving a review. And uh, thank you so much for listening again. You go out and have a blessed week.